Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Hope for Healthcare with Dr. Katie Cole in partnership with ICD Healthcare Network. Dr. Katie Cole is a holistic physician, organizational well-being consultant, and change agent, working with industry leaders and proven strategies to heal our national healthcare system and our culture of medicine. Stay tuned to hear today's speaker. Welcome everyone to Hope for Healthcare podcast. Today I have a wonderful guest with us. Her name is Dr. Kavitha Reddy. She is an emergency medicine physician practicing at the VA St. Louis Healthcare System in Missouri. She is also an assistant professor in emergency medicine at the Washington University School of Medicine. She has additional training in holistic medicine and is board certified through the American Board of Integrative Medicine. She served as the whole health system clinical director at the VA St. Louis Healthcare System, one of the flagship facilities for whole health deployment and remains a consultant to the whole health team. She has worked very closely with the Office of Patient-Centered Care and Cultural Transformation as a clinical champion for the Integrative Health Coordinating Center since 2011 and is currently the Associate Director of Employee Whole Health for VHA, Office of Patient-Centered Care and Cultural Transformation. Well, gosh, welcome, Dr. Reddy. It is an honor and a privilege to have you on the podcast today. Oh, Katie, thanks for having me. Likewise, I'm very excited to be with you. Well, you know, it's wonderful because I got to meet you in person at the Burnout Symposium in January this past year. And, you know, since I met you, we've had such, you know, wonderful and empowering conversations. And, you know, I've been telling everyone that I know about the really um, progressive and comprehensive initiatives that you're doing at the Veterans Health Administration. And I really wanted to highlight that for our audience today. That's wonderful. Yeah, likewise, so exciting to be amongst common minds and personalities sharing on all of the great work that's happening. And truthfully, uh, it's wonderful to get a chance to share on the innovation and amazing work happening in the Veterans Administration. Well, great. Can you tell, can you just start out by telling us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in designing some of these organizational well-being initiatives for the Veterans Health Administration? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a little bit of a story because I, I'm an emergency medicine doctor and people always ask me, how's an ER doctor doing this work? And uh, it's interesting, right? I, I think being in a setting where we're constantly surrounded by people who are suffering, suffering in their environments, don't always have access to care and resources, um, you really start to ask yourself, what are we doing as a healthcare system? How are we supporting patients, people, and you know what could we do differently or better that might help them thrive, to be honest. Um, and so I came to this work from that route, really personally and professionally wanting to understand how to be a part of helping to heal. Um, and in doing so, really what I found potentially is the, the power in healing ourselves as well as employees and healthcare workers. Um, maybe I didn't realize it at the time that I was feeling burned out or perhaps even disillusioned with the system. Um, but my work uh, really unfolded in this space of integrative medicine and health, or what we call whole health within the Veterans Health Administration. Um, so, you know, as I think about your question, I think the heart of why we do this work is we're trying to help people feel that they have a sense of well being and are really living their life to the fullest. 
Mm -hmm. um, and to feel empowered and equipped to do that. And that is the definition of whole health. And, you know, just to kind of clarify, whole health not only encompasses, you know, patient-centered care, right? The more of a holistic mm -hmm. program and engagement for patients, but it also encompasses the whole health for employee. And that includes well-being and a sense of belonging. Is that correct? Yeah. So, you know, sort of a couple of things that we have learned along the way um, in doing any kind of cultural transformation work, it's the people, right? It's the people who actually do this work. And so along the way, how do you help people feel this for themselves, understand it for themselves, and then see it as the way forward? Well, the only way we were ever going to do that is if we could bring these same experiences to our employees. But then as we did more and more of that, we realized, you know, our employees actually need even more support for their individual well-being and resilience. Um, and so that's really how we took the whole health model and started applying it to our employees, calling it employee whole health. Um, and then I would say during COVID, we really learned a few things, right? We, we learned that our employees need proactive resources for taking care of their well-being, but they also need ways to help them when they're in crisis when they're feeling the stress, the anxiety, the need for mental health support. And then as you and I talked about, we also learned that we as a system need to start addressing some of the drivers of burnout, which is really an organizational commitment um, that includes some of our work in employee whole health, but is much bigger um, when we think about all the drivers that contribute to that burnout. So we feel really happy to be a part of the solution um, and continuing to support employees, but a lot of lessons learned along the way. Well, gosh, thank you for sharing that. You know, and Dr. Reddy, that is a very, you have a very interesting background, which I think makes you perfect for this role in that you have that integrated medicine background and training, which kind of preempted the whole health, you know, the whole health for um, the patients and veterans and, and paying more attention to chronic pain management, opiate, you know, with the, with the opiate crisis. And so I've read, you know, through the background of some of the papers you sent. And what I love about this is that you really were open to paying attention to how you were creating such an integrative holistic model for patients and that if the employees were feeling burned out and not able to bring their best self to work every day, how were they going to even integrate and, and implement some of these initiatives for the patient? Yeah, it's interesting, right? When we talk about this, because I mean, we all ask ourselves, why did we go into this work? And we went into the work because we wanted to have these personal connections with people. We wanted to help them heal. We wanted to provide them with resources and knowledge when needed and options when, when we could. And yet we're in a system where a lot of times it feels like we're not given that time and that space to have those really high quality interactions. Well, what we've discovered through very in-depth evaluation of these flagship sites, as you mentioned, is that when clinicians are able to practice in a whole health manner, they're able to ask their patients what matters to them. They're able to connect them with coaches, with peer partners, with, with well-being, complementary health resources, um, that they themselves are seeing a benefit for their well-being. Mm -hmm. um, so when we look at our all-employee surveys, those people, those clinicians that say they're practicing in this way, um, they note that they feel less burnout, less turnover and tension, feel like they like the place that they work and rank it as the best place to work um, and feel more connected with their team and their leadership. 
Um, now this is a correlation, but we have seen this correlation year after year after year on our all employees survey. Um, and so it's really very um, promising um, and obviously needs to have further evaluation to understand what are the exact elements happening during that visit that are making you feel that way. Um, that was my question to you is yeah, yeah. Sense of what are some of the, the, um, uh, the factors are that are helping employees feel more connected to their patients and, and yeah. um, engaged. Well, and then that's where we want to dive deeper to understand the exact areas. But I will say uh, anecdotally, when we talk to clinicians, when they're able to ask this question, you know, what matters to you most? And the answer coming back is a complete reframe. Patients are used to coming in or veterans are used to coming in, talking about their problem list, talking about their medication list, um, really framed sometimes in the what's wrong with me, what's the matter with me frame. But whole health is really trying to shift to what matters to me. And so you can imagine you're sitting in front of somebody who historically has come forward with all the things going wrong. And suddenly you've asked them, what's going right? What brings you joy? What brings you happiness? What do you want to live your life for? And I mean, sometimes veterans are thrown off. Somebody's actually asking, does somebody care about me in this way? And then when they share about their grandkids or going fishing with their buddies or being with their family, you know, they light up and that kind of connection comes back to you as a provider, kind of reminds you that this is a person in front of me and I want to be helping them as a whole individual. This is what I went into this for. Mm -hmm. and, and anecdotally, we've had so many clinicians talk about how that switch flips and how the interaction completely changes in those 20 minutes that they're together um, and that they feel so engaged. So truly it's morale is lifted and it often doesn't take mm. any more time to ask that question. You still can address all the things that are important to them, but now you've reframed it in the positive. Um, so, so that's an example of a tactic in that visit that we think is contributing to um, the improved sense of satisfaction for the provider. Well, Dr. Reddy, you described a process that really is consistent with more of a growth mindset than a lack mindset mm -hmm. and it's shifting to, you know, um, or shifting away from the old disease model of healthcare where you come in with a problem and as a doctor or nurse, we're trained to fix it, right? This is a completely different shift in thinking. And we learn that in integrative medicine as well. And in psychiatry, um, I have some of that training. So it's really it really shifts your interaction with a patient. I can see because then all of a sudden you have something positive to talk about and the patient leaves feeling, oh, you know, I'm not a mess. You know, I'm not crazy. I'm just having a normal PTSD reaction. And I have some, you know, an exacerbation of my pain because of that. But overall, I'm doing really well and I'm handling it well. And I could see how something like an interaction like that could really make somebody's day. Yeah, exactly right. Right. And and what's happening in that moment is that you're seeing your options and your choices. And, you know, Katie, I was reflecting on this recently, this applies to all people, whether you are a, a veteran in the system or you're an employee, when you can actually see that you have options and choices, to me, that's empowerment. Some of them may have consequences that are very hard to deal with if you make choice A or B, but you have choices. And I think when we get stuck in this place of feeling, just like you said, I have no choices. This is all happening to me. It can often leave you in that place of disillusion and disempowerment. I think for a lot of our employees, that was the case during COVID, mm -hmm. especially. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where we see whole health being important. It's not that the system issues, 
don't need to be addressed in a big way. But what can I do in the meantime while we're working on documentation, while we're working on staffing? I want to feel like I have some control, autonomy, and choice. Um, and so again, reframing on what matters most to me, how can I find the tools to live that way, um, I think is the heart of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought that point up. Are there any other um, aspects that you've discovered that leads to more employee engagement and feeling joy on the front line that you've identified? Yeah. So again, so many lessons learned here, right? It's it's kind of exciting to talk about because, you know, for a while it felt like, what can we do to really support employees? Can we be of help um, and not just tell them, hey, do more self-care, even though we know that that's critically important. Um, so a couple of things. One that we found really helpful is gratitude um, and being able to look at where are those bright spots in your day that can help you feel grounded and help you feel more calm. That gratitude can be for your teams, for your family, for your environment, um, but really helping people reframe their thinking from a place of, um, I don't have enough to a place of what can I feel thankful for? Okay. That's something that's within our control to do. Um, another thing that I think is really important is leadership. And we talk about this a lot in our work. Really, we know, we know that people stay with their teams when they feel valued. They stay with their teams when they feel their leader cares about them, uh, for them, um, and fights for them, advocates for them. Um, and yet, I think a lot of times in the healthcare industry, people find themselves in supervisor, manager, leadership roles, and, and not always, they didn't always have access to all the training or experiences to grow as a leader. Um, and so then they're so focused on management. What we're trying to do is help leaders think from an employee whole health perspective. What can I do to support the entire employee, their whole selves? How can I give them opportunities to think about all these domains of well-being, their surroundings, their coworker relationships, their professional growth, um, how they deal with stress and their power of the mind. Um, and so we're trying to help those frontline leaders really think about how they create a culture of well-being. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that is really our target, our hope for our work going into this next fiscal year. Well, and you know, one of the things that we have been talking about in our conversations is that you, there are so many different drivers that that help create employee engagement and it's pretty unique to the team or even the medical group and based on the leader and management style. Can you talk a little bit about how you really look at not just employee, but also team values and leader values? Yeah, I've been thinking about this one a lot. I mean, I myself think being in this leadership position and others has been, it's a privilege and it's a lot of growth. Every day really requires self-reflection, self-awareness, ability to take feedback. And mm -hmm. so the one thing I will say is that it's about trust. How do I develop trust with my team, our teams, so that they actually feel that I am there to advocate for them and when there's a misstep that they feel comfortable enough to share that with me about how things could be better or improved. Um, so to me, the, the term psychological safety is used quite often. It's really a foundation to the work we're trying to do in VA around high reliability organizations. Um, but I think leaders have to think about what are the elements I need to do to create that safety? Am I creating an inclusive environment where differences of opinions are okay? 
-hmm. um, and that we can talk openly and come to consensus. Uh, am I appreciating my employees? Um, and you and I talked a lot about this. Uh, for those of you that have read the book, Five Languages of Love, I often think about this in the context of just people and how we communicate. Um, you know, I once had somebody on a call say, you know, I send thank you emails almost every day, several times a day. And yet I feel like my team members, the people I'm leading don't feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. And what more can I do? You know, I, I have no more time. And we had a conversation around this. If people aren't feeling appreciated via email, um, that's not their language, right? And the mm -hmm. only way you'll know how to appreciate and value them is by asking them, why do they stay in the organization? What makes them feel valued? It might be that they don't want an email, but they want to be publicly recognized at team meetings. Mm -hmm. um, it may be that it has nothing to do with thank yous, and they just want to hear that you're advocating for them for resources. Mm -hmm. But you won't know unless you ask or ask about the person's story, um, get to know who they are inside and outside of work. Um, you know, for some of my team, I, I think we all know that we all have young families so we like to ask each other about each other's kids and grandkids. And really, I think that makes us all feel valued as a team because our lives are very important in addition to the work we do. Um, so I, I do think that's how you develop a team by really asking about story, creating inclusivity, inviting differences of opinion, creating safety, um, and asking how you wanna be valued. Mm. Well, yeah, I think, I think that really is necessary and foundational for rebuilding trust within our healthcare system nationwide. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, so much that, you know, we are human beings, you know, we're, we're even as physicians and, and healthcare professionals, we're, we're just as vulnerable as our patients. We come in the morning and we practice and see a full patient load despite our children being sick or, you know, our spouse having a crisis or something. And we're having to put on that show face all day. And that can be really hard, especially when you're trying to just be as high functioning as we are. So I think having the space to just be human and like some, I know how some healthcare systems are initiating the huddles in the morning where you get together and, and everybody, you know, there's, there's awards and there's like recognition. And there's also, Hey, does anybody having a tough day today and need to leave early based on anything? And can, how can we adjust today and support you in that? And I just think that's really important. That's fantastic. I love hearing about that. And, and yeah. this is really what culture change is about. And you make me think of self-compassion too. I, I think that's something that is hard for many of us in this profession. Um, and so to create space where others are saying it's okay, we're human, mistakes can happen. Um, it's okay if you have issues in your family, if you have mental health needs. Mm -hmm. I particularly love the work being done by the Lorna Breen uh, Foundation on really destigmatizing healthcare workers asking for help. We are trying to promote that message heavily within VA. Um, and, and I think that that's really good and important work. Mm -hmm. how, how are you addressing that and how are you encouraging mental health advocacy and, and care for your employees? I'm curious. Yeah, so I, I think this is, I mean, VA has really, really understood that in order to address burnout, we have to look at the, the system drivers, as we said. We, we're learning from the National Academy of Medicine, from the Surgeon General's Advisory um, and we have stood up under the leadership of uh, several VA leaders, Dr. Mark Upton, uh, Maureen Marks, uh, Jessica Bonjourney. Really, these are the leaders that have taken on the 
task of creating what is called the Reboot Task Force, Reducing Employee Burnout and Optimizing Organizational Threat. That's what that stands for. Okay. And the reason it's important for me to bring this up is at an organization level, there's a recognition that we need to address this. We've got the highest level leaders there doing that. And they are saying it has to be okay to take care of our employees from a mental health standpoint. We need to look at our employee assistance program. We need to think about peer support. We need to be offering resources for people to seek help when they need help. Mm -hmm. um, our credentialing office has changed the language in our credentialing forms to make sure it's aligned with joint commission and really is in alignment with the Lorna Breen Foundation. And so I think we're taking multiple steps. And then the final thing I'll say is we don't miss an opportunity to talk about this out loud, share our own vulnerability, share where we may have needed help in the past. Um, that is really a mission of ours to make it okay and normalize the fact that we've all been through something incredibly stressful um, and that we need to continue to talk about it uh, for us, for our children. And, and so we, we spent a lot of time on that on our calls and presentations. Mm. I, I love that you're really addressing that at the VHA. I think that's also foundational to rebuilding trust and creating a healthy culture and transformation in healthcare. Um, we must embrace coaching and mental health care for everyone, not just patients, but employees as well. Um, because, you know, before the pandemic, I'm not quite sure on the percentage of, we've talked about this with employees having PTSD and trauma and anxiety and depression. I think it was probably 35 to 40%. But now I think after the pandemic, my sense is, and what I've been hearing is that, you know, it's, it's much higher now with, with especially frontline clinicians. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear. And as a psychiatrist, it warms my heart that of course you're addressing, breaking down those barriers at the VHA. Yeah. 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 Some of the statistics are sobering. We have a, a lot of work ahead of us, um, but I think it's been exciting to ignite that interest in people to become more engaged, interest to think about their well-being. Um, but it's not easy. It's hard work. It's long work. Um, you know, I think about this on a big level. The goal is, can we transform the healthcare system to be one that prioritizes quality of care, these whole health patient-centered interactions? And, you know, in my dream vision, that influences what we measure, how we document, what's reimbursed, um, the incentives change, and then we, uh, as healthcare workers, get to operate in this model that is why we went into this. So ultimately, I, I sometimes refer to burnout as a symptom of a diseased model of care. And I think in VA, we're trying very hard to show that this, this evolution of healthcare, this transformation of healthcare to a whole health model can really be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And you know, one, one of the things that we had talked about, Dr. Reddy, is how you are developing and integrating some of these well-being strategies to address not only your acute system distress, but also more of the longer-term strategy for culture transformation. Can you talk a little bit about that, the differentiation? Yeah, yeah so we're doing, um, for employee whole health, what we're really looking at is how do we integrate this in day-to-day -day practice? You mentioned huddles. It's a great example how do we actually bring this into team meetings, team huddles, um, into how people are communicating throughout the day, um, bedside rounds, medical student education. Um, mm -hmm. It's not enough to create programming on the side. I think there's a lot of literature showing that creating a few well-being classes while nice, 
doesn't engage enough employees. So from that side, we're really working on long-term strategies to get people to integrate it in. We're looking at folding in some of this awareness and education into leadership training. So it becomes integrated in how we're growing, especially growing people throughout their journey in VA. From a burnout standpoint, we are looking at several recommendations as a part of that reboot task force. One that I think is very exciting is around reducing inefficiencies. How do we actually build into our system an incentive that allows you to take stuff away? We're really good at adding stuff, but when, yes. when do we stop to take things away? And can we incentivize leaders to de-implement? Um, I think AMA refers to this as getting rid of stupid stuff. And we use that, you know, and we, we love to say that phrase. Um, another one that we're looking at is chief well-being officers. We're trying to have those folks hired within VA facilities um, so that they can start to look locally at how they can reduce inefficiencies and help grow this culture of well-being. Um, and so that's just two of many recommendations that we're looking at for long-term uh, sustainable actions. Uh, and of course, supporting mental health and well-being is very high up on our list of recommendations as we try to think about what can we spread throughout all of our medical centers. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Reddy. And I, you know, I just, I'm so grateful that you're willing to share with us today all of the exciting initiatives that you're working on. And I'm really glad that you're talking about the reality of implementing these strategies because they're, you know, that when you're talking about changing a culture that's been embedded for hundreds of years and a system that's been foundational for hundreds of years, we're not talking shifting in a year or two. We're, we're talking, you know, longer term, five to 10 years down the road. And so I really appreciate how you're able to frame your strategies based on, you know, short term versus long term. And it's really important to address all of it simultaneously, like you said. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we have to resist the urge for reaching for something, thinking it's going to be a quick fix. Um, I know a lot of our employees want that. Um, but we talk about this a lot as a team. It's not about the training or the education. It's about the implementation, which takes so much time mm -hmm. to create the cultural shift, to embed it in your team behaviors. Um, and, you know, we really try to keep that change management lens in us at all times, mm -hmm. transparently sharing, why are we doing this? What's in it for you? What happens if we don't change? Um, really taking that stepwise approach to making sure people have that awareness and desire for the change um, before we start bringing the tactics to them. But all of that takes time. Um, but you know what, we're committed and we just have this notion of one foot in front of the other and bring the right stakeholders together, build that coalition. Um, and I feel really optimistic about the work we're doing right now. Well, thank you so much. And I, I'm really optimistic about the work that you're doing, of course. And that's, I was so excited to have you on today. Um, is there, Anything that you wanted to say that I haven't asked you yet so far or any anything that you wanted to highlight for our audience? Yeah, I do. I, I think one thing that I'll add just because, again, I sit in this space of thinking about this a lot. Um, I mean, we know very well that when we talk about burnout, we, as we've said many times together today and in other forums, that the system needs to respond. And it's really important for clinicians to understand that those pressures around them contribute to burnout. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to not let go of how much um, kind of getting back to your own individual well-being and thinking about what brings you joy, thinking about 
why you do this work, your meaning and purpose. It's important to not let go of that piece because that's our area of control. It's our area of influence. And if we can do things in support of our well-being and can sometimes be protective mm -hmm. um, against some of those occupational stressors, I I sometimes see people wanting to only look at system issues and letting go of the individual side, but I think it's a both and um, that we need to be doing both at the same time to protect our well-being. Um, and you and I have talked about, we do the same for our patients. We take care of their acute needs. Mm -hmm. And then we, we think about what are the chronic longer term system changes we can make for their community, for their families. Um, but we do both. We don't just do one or the other. So I just like to say, um, I think when we're able to do that, it helps people feel like there's some hope um, in the short term while working towards the long term. Mm -hmm. Well, they're seeing a positive impact pretty quickly, right? So if they're all of a sudden having a little bit more time to address certain things with their patients or feeling more engaged in the appointment, things are a little bit more positive now, not so focused on the negative. And then all of a sudden their manager has leadership training and is asking them how they're feeling today and how they can help them. And then little tiny, they call it low hanging fruit, but the little tiny nagging problems are getting fixed. Yeah. And so, and then with your transparency of sharing that whole process with your employees and even patients, I think that is what's setting you up for success because you get buy-in immediately because now they understand the why and they're seeing the impact of it. Right. They're feeling it. And they're feeling, yeah. yes. That's right. And then it's the what's in it for me grows from there. Okay. You know, this interaction feels good or truthfully, this interaction's not going well. Maybe I'm going to try this way of interacting and, and sort of pull them out from their own negativity or suffering or despair. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, so it can be used as a tool as well. Well, that, I mean, I feel like that's a great place to end for today. Uh, anything else that you wanted to say, Dr. Reddy? No, I mean, thank you so much for having me on. You're doing incredible work trying to connect this community and motivate this community and really support. And so thank you, Katie, for all that you're doing. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. It's my mission. And I just, it's a calling. And I feel like, you know, it, it takes an entire community. It's going to take all of us to shift our culture of healthcare and medicine. And I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and your leadership with the VHA health system. So thank you for sharing your information today. And I know that you have a couple of things you wanted to make available, um, the reboot fact sheet, and then the internet link that I can have available on your bio page for our audience as well. Wonderful, right? All of those, that information and resources are available outside the firewall. So you all should be able to access it and, uh, happy to take any questions that people have after the fact if you wanted to share my email address as well all right well thank you thank you so much again for being here dr reddy i really appreciate your time i know how valuable it is and i want to thank our audience for being with us today and tuning in um, thank you for icd healthcare network for your partnership and sponsorship and i look forward to seeing you soon thank you have a great day everyone thanks bye everyone 